I have a tendency to move my arms around really wildly when I talk, so stop hearing me. Please let me know. Um, but yeah, um, Cam introduced me. I'm the chair of the Young Democratic Socialists of America um, chapter here at ASU. Um, and what I want to talk to you all about today is climate denial. We all know what climate denial is, basically, right? There are these people. Yeah, boom. <laughs> They're the people who, for some reason or another, do not believe all the science. They do not believe that the climate is changing, that human beings are responsible for it, and if we don't do something about it now, we're not going to have a future. These climate denialists, right, we have to interact with them so often. They're so loud on the internet. One of them is our president, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. fight with them on the internet. We always, you know, are on the lookout for them and we try to argue with them, right? But there are other forms of climate denial that I think that we like to ignore a lot of the time. And I think those other forms of climate denialism are even more insidious. Even more insidious. Because, sure, they're a really loud minority, but they are just a minority. Last I checked, I think, like, less than single digits believe that there is just no climate change going on whatsoever. And when we win the presidency in 2020, and when we take over the House and the Senate, we're going to sweep those people out of office. So I don't need to go over that with you. You all already know that. But the second form of climate denialism is something that I'd like to call liberal climate denialism. Camden was already talking about it. There are so many forces right now who are trying to sell you on greenwashing. They're trying to tell you that, oh yeah, capitalism can be sustainable. We just need to come up with some sort of new technology. If we just put more solar panels around, we'll somehow fix everything. If we just, you know, get a metal straw, everything is going to be fixed. And it's not gonna work. We need radical change. And without radical change, there's nothing that's going to work. There are so many people, these people do believe in climate change. They do believe and know what the catastrophic effects are. They have looked at all the hurricanes since Hurricane Katrina and seen the devastation that has been wrought by rising sea levels and rising temperatures. They have seen the flooding that goes on in India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh that has killed so many people. But they still want to sell you on the idea that if we just put in a small carbon tax, if we just do a small cap and trade program, if we just change one little thing about our lives, somehow everything will be fixed. This is Western privilege. Only people in the West, only people in the global North can believe something so ludicrous. What we need is a Green New Deal. We need and there are some people who are running for president right now who say that they're in favor of a Green New Deal, but I'm not buying it because their plans are bullshit. There's only one type of Green New Deal that we'll accept, and it has four things in it. One, we are going to decarbonize the economy totally by 2050. We will no longer be burning coal, we're not going to be burning oil. We're going to keep that stuff in the soil. <laughs> Second, we're going to start moving our energy companies into public ownership. Yeah. As many of you know, SRP and APS right now are letting Arizonans die because they do not have the money to pay their energy bills. Because the climate that they have created, the climate that they have created has started to make Arizona unlivable. The temperatures are getting hotter and hotter. There was barely a monsoon this season. 
And so many people are dying in their homes because they can't get access to energy because ADS and SRP shut down their energy. We can't say, no, we're gonna say no more to them. No more private energy. We're gonna make it national and in the service of the people. We are also going to recognize that it is not the coal miner in West Virginia that has created these problems. It's the coal executive that wants to believe that we can continuously take more coal out of the ground. So we're not going to punish. We're not going to punish the people. We are going to help the people by creating a jobs guarantee to modernize and make all of our infrastructure sustainable. We are going to create 20 million jobs and end unemployment by making we're getting people to build new parks, to build new railroads, to, to retrofit our buildings, to make them more sustainable. There are still some buildings at ASU that have asbestos in them. If we want a green future, we need the labor force that is going to make that green future. And finally, we are going to hold climate criminals accountable. The executives of ExxonMobil, Shell, of Enron, all of these companies knew about climate change since the 70s or the 80s, and they hid it from us. They hid it from us knowing that they were destroying our planet and destroying our futures. And they need to be taken to task for that. We are going to jail the climate criminals. And it is only a Green New Deal that's going to make that happen. Nothing less. Nothing less can be the demand. So when you hear someone telling you that just riding your bike once a week or that switching to a metal straw or taking a canvas shopping bag to the grocery store is going to fix everything, you tell them, yeah, I'm going to try doing those things. But I want to see you out in the streets fighting for a Green New Deal. Because if you're not doing that, you're no worse than the climate deniers. The last form of climate denial is something that has touched me, and I'm sure it is something that has touched a lot of you in the past. What is it, man? It's climate nihilism. Yeah. It's the belief that we're too deep in the hole, that there's no way that we can get out of this. I feel so much despair on so many days. It is hard for me to get up and go to class on some days because I don't know if there's going to be a future. I don't know if all the time I put in studying, working, trying to earn money is going to go to waste because there's not gonna be a world for me to use those skills, that education in. And it sucks, it hurts. And I don't want any of you to feel ashamed or anxious about the fact that you feel that way because it's unavoidable. On some level, we are always going to feel despair because the conditions are bad. The conditions are bad. We are fighting against a big, big enemy. There, we are just individuals in a fight against organizations and companies that have billions, if not trillions of dollars in the fight against us. My family comes from Bangladesh. And they came to this country because they didn't see a future for themselves where they were. And they knew that even if they couldn't create the future that they wanted for themselves, they could create a future for me and my sister. And it brings me so much agony to know that no matter what they have done, all of the struggles that they have gone through, I might still not have that future. There still might not be a future for me. I also think, 
about the country of my blood. I think about the people in Bangladesh, one of the lowest lying countries in the world, that is being slowly swallowed up, sw slowly swallowed up by rising sea levels, by increasing cyclones and typhoons and flooding. And I feel guilty because we, we are out here, we live in some sort of comfort. In fact, we are probably wearing clothes made by sweatshop workers in Bangladesh. And we need to know that this struggle is not local, it is not just individual, it has to be a global movement. Because as I said, the people in the global north have been exploiting the people in the global south. And sometimes we bear the fruit of that exploitation. And we have to recognize it. All of this makes me feel so horrible. And sometimes I feel foolish for coming to something like this and speaking out. But ultimately, we have a choice. We did not choose to get into this mess. It was the previous generations that put us here. But it is no time for childlike morality that says, it's not my problem. I didn't bring us into this mess, so I'm not gonna do something. We don't have the time left for that. So even if we are fools, we're gonna keep fighting because there's no other choice. There's no other choice but to keep fighting because if we do not fight now, there will be no future. We will not be able to have children or grandchildren that get to enjoy the fruits of this world, that get to enjoy community and spending time with one another because we're going to be in a catastrophic, apocalyptic world if we do not fight now. So we have two choices. We have the choice of cowardice or we have the choice of bravery. And I think all of you have taken the path of bravery because even if we fail, even if we can't get this done, we will die trying. Nothing more, nothing less. We need to fight now because there's not enough time left. So, we've all come out here today and we've made a big show. We've shown the university, we've shown the press, we've shown the state of Arizona, and we've shown this country and this world that we are not going to sit around any longer. We are not going to be nihilistic any longer. We are not going to deny climate change any longer. We are going to stand up and continue protracted struggle against this system, this system that has taken away our future and has taken away our livelihoods. We are going to continue to fight. Even though this week of climate action is coming to an end, there is going to be years upon years of more climate action that comes out of this. And let me tell you how we're gonna fight that struggle. For one, the Young Democratic Socialists of America chapter here, we are now committed on the last Friday of every single month, we are going to host a climate action similar to this one. We are going to continue this struggle. Because the second we stop marching, the second we stop fighting, we won't be taken seriously anymore. So we have to tell them we're gonna be taken seriously. Second, we're going to fight for candidates that actually believe in a Green New Deal. The Young Democratic Socialists of America have endorsed Bernie Sanders for presidency in the 2020 election. And he is the only candidate that fights for an actual Green New Deal. An actual Green New Deal that is going to get us out of this mess. Everyone else is going to tell you on that Democratic debate stage that there's no way that we can do it, that his plans are too high in the sky. But nothing is too high in the sky when we stand up and say we are not going to demand, we are going to continue to demand this outcome. means is we're going to start hosting canvases, phone banks, text banks, and events on this campus that are promoting the Bernie Sanders presidency. And we are going to win the White House and then all levels of government down. 
And finally, we're going to work in coalition with so many other great organizations doing amazing work in this area. Groups that you've heard from, like CHISPA. We are going to work with them, and we are going to create a coalition that cannot be divided, that cannot be stopped, and will not stop fighting until we win the world. So I urge all of you, do not leave here until you have gotten the contact info of somebody who's in leadership in one of these organizations. Do not leave here until you've signed up for something. If you have not signed up for Senator Juan Mendez's pro uh, proposals, go join him. Come see me or Ben if you're interested in YDSA. Come see um, all the folks in Chispa over here and ask them how they can get involved. And Sunrise, we, there are so many great movements that you can be a part of and you can help create this change. We just have to, I just want all of you to promise me that it doesn't end here. It only ends when the future is ours. Thank you everybody.